Good morning and welcome to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio and streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday, December 30th, 2018, and I'm your host, Hertzy Hertz. I'm here in studio and on Skype, we have Tucker Drake from the Atheist in the Trailer Park podcast. This is an open community conversation, and we welcome and encourage listener interaction with your phone calls to 952-946-6205, your emails to radio at mnatheist.org, tweet us at at atheisttalk, or use the hashtag that I'll provide in a minute, or you can check out our Facebook page, Atheist Talk. The phone number is only available when we are live, but you can always email, tweet, or comment whether you're listening live or listening to the podcast later. Well, there's always been bits of random information floating around, things you hear from a friend of a friend, things that we take, you know, almost for granted. Today, we're going to actually be looking at that with Tucker. We're going to be talking about the fictions we hold on to, things like a bull in a china shop, the five-second rule, and all that fun stuff. Tucker, how you doing? All right. How are you? Good. Well, before we start talking about these interesting fictions, why don't you talk about your podcast? Um, well, it's what I do on the podcast is one episode will be covering news stories and the other episode I do one a week uh, will be me and uh, another guy reading from forgotten bits of uh, religious literature. Like we just started reading, it's called Pistis Sophia, which is the first Gnostic text that was ever discovered. Um, now, and it was discovered. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it was discovered in the late 18th century. Okay, and a Gnostic text for those of us who may not know about that. <laughs> okay, um, well, the Gnostics were an offshoot of Christianity who had rather different views of Christianity than the Catholic Church and modern Christians do. The, their belief was that the way you got to know God was by knowing yourself. Uh, they were not really big on a church hierarchical structure or anything like that. Influences are uh, on them were, were the, um, the Qumran sect who left the, uh, the books that were found at Nag Hammadi and the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, there's also some speculation that they may have been influenced by uh, Buddhist missionaries who were in that part of the world at the time. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. I was going to say, that actually sounds really interesting. Well, here on Atheist Talk, we just we just talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're actually the one who brought up this idea for a topic. And then uh, I was actually with my family because <laughs> um, my, my, one of my siblings was in town. And so I asked them for some and they came up with like an entire list. Do you still have the link to the Google Doc? Um, well, I, I no. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> uh. That's fine. I can get this to you really quick. Live radio, everybody. We're so professional. Please note, I am not a professional. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. All right. Well, so the first one is one that actually my mom brought up, which is the ham story. 
And then I remember you asking me about that one. Um, so the ham story is about a family who, and of course, the whole story may be made up. I mean, in all honesty, I haven't fact checked it. But it's about this family who they kept shaving off a piece of the, of like a little bit of the side of the ham whenever they baked it. And when asked, nobody could figure out why. Finally, they get the person the person who was trying to figure this out asked older and older generations and finally found one where it was like, why is this a thing? Well, it turns out there was one year where the ham didn't fit in the either the roaster or the oven and they had to shave a little bit off and they just kept doing it <laughs> without asking questions. <laughs> Which, I mean, is kind of the basis for this whole thing is, is all these things that have all this this you know supposed stuff behind it and then we disprove it and then we're still like well <laughs> right i i what in got me thinking about this was i went with over the holidays with my family to amish country because you know it's old world you know craftsmanship it's all hand done etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah isn't there supposed to be like a thing where they're not supposed to use tools Right. Modern modern technology is, is supposedly verboten. But, you know, the first thing you notice when you're driving into the, the, the area, because there's in the part of Ohio that we were in, there's a whole cluster of towns that have large Amish population. You'll notice that there's these houses. They don't have power lines running to them, but they all have solar panels on the roof or big solar arrays in the yard. And then, you know, you go into – we went into cheese shops. That was really the only places we stopped. And you go into the cheese shops and they all have like this glass wall where you can see how everything's made. And there's not, you know, a whole bunch of Amish women churning butter or anything like that. It's all modern stainless steel equipment and it's all electrically powered and everything else. And it's – so – you know, you objectively sit there and look at that, and you think, "Well, this really isn't any different than the stuff you would buy at the grocery store made by the large commercial dairies." No. Well, and it's, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, but everybody seems to think it's special because the Amish did it. Yeah, it, it reminds me of an article I read actually when I was younger, and it was about a, a young Amish girl, and they. And now, granted, this is like twenty years ago, uh, maybe longer. But they were talking about how, you know, they don't use tools and stuff. But this particular family did have a windmill that provided plumbing or they had some thing they had jerry-rigged to provide plumbing. And I'm like, you know, it's like with your story, it's like, well, then how is that different than some of the other technology we use? I mean, you got plumbing. Isn't plumbing too forward? <laughs> yeah, there's, um, there's there's a documentary on the Amish. It was done in the early 2000s called The Devil's Playground. And they follow a couple of kids around during Rumspringer, which is where the kids drop out of school and they live life with, you know, normal people before deciding whether or not they want to join the church. And they, one of the kids they followed worked in his dad's, you know, wood shop. And, you know, he'd get in there and he flipped on all the electric lights. There was nothing but power tools. There was, you know, you didn't see any old hand planers or anything like that. It was all modern equipment. And it's like, 
uh, you know, how is this different? And the, their logic or rationale behind all of it is that because it's not in the house, it's okay. So they basically just find ways around all of the stuff like most religious that we've seen. Right, right. Interesting. It, it reminds you very much if you've seen the Bill Maher documentary, Religious, where he's in Israel and they're showing all the stuff that they do to get around the restrictions on the Sabbath. Oh, yeah, because isn't it one of them like you can't press a button so nobody takes the elevator and then somebody like makes a – a machine that will press the button for you. And it's like, this is a lot of work to not press a button. Right. Yeah. And, or they, and they have a special wheelchair that runs on compressed air. That way you're not using electricity, which they consider to be fire. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so uh, out of the list, which one, which one of those do you find the funniest? We'll start there. Um, probably uh, the pee is sterile one because I actually had an anthropology teacher tell me that. Yeah, I, th- I remember hearing that as a kid and such, and now it's like, oh, man, that's – because I know like in an emergency you're supposed to be able to drink it three times, and I'm like, okay, so wait, does that mean you can't? That's going to get awkward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and she brought it up because she was talking about, you know, doing field studies. And she was telling people, you know, if you're going to have a career, you need to, you know, you need to understand yourself so you don't pick the wrong group to go study. And she, there was some tribe in Africa that, um, they worship cattle and, you know, before every meal, they wash their, wash their hands in cattle urine. And she said, you know, f- fresh urine is sterile, so you don't have to worry about getting sick. And I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> That's still. Ugh. Yeah. Well, there's a, that whole uh, health movement now of people drinking urine because it's supposedly good for you and you'll live forever or whatever else. Which also doesn't make any sense because it's like like whether or not urine has bacteria, urine is also all of the liquid stuff your body's just like – it's a way for it to flush things out like hormones, medi- you know, sometimes medicine stuff, which I know people also freak out because they're like, all of this stuff is affecting our waters. I'm like, I really don't think that the small trace amounts of – like whatever I'm taking is is changing everybody's brain chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's disturbing. I mean, yeah. It's it's like there's still stuff there. Ah, uh, my favorite actually is the double dipping. Nope, but we are actually going to have to get back to that after the break. Please stay through us, with us through the break, and we'll return to Atheist Talk with Tucker Drake, talking about the fictions we hold on to. I'm Hertzie Hertz. You're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Minnesota. 
Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You tuned into Atheist Talk, and I'm your host, Hertzy Hertz, and I'm talking via Skype to Tucker Drake of the Atheist in the Trailer Park podcast. Atheist Talk is produced with the funding from Minnesota Atheists and Cucumbers Restaurant in Edina, Minnesota. Please consider visiting our sponsors, and if you do, let them know that you appreciate their support of Atheist Talk. If you'd like to advertise on the program and help keep us on the air, please contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. As for the here and now, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation with Tucker and I this morning, you can call us at 952-946-6205, email us at radio at mnatheist.org, or tweet us at at Atheist Talk, using, or using our Facebook page, Atheist Talk. Tucker, welcome back. Thank you. So... Ah, excuse me. When we left, we were talking about the dreaded double dipping, <laughs> <laughs> which has gone on for so long. And then one of the things that makes me laugh is when Mythbusters decided to do it. You know, they they crack open a couple of jars of you know just random off the shelf salsa and like some other kind of dip, and they double dip. And even their stale ones, they're like where they hadn't done any dipping. It was like this array of bacteria and stuff and it was like oh so there's stuff in here even before we do this (laughs) what are your thoughts well um i'm i'm not a big fan of double dipping when i'm eating with someone uh even if it is relatively harmless it's just one of those things that strikes me as a bit squeaky for 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 me, if it's somebody I don't know, I generally won't because you know I don't know yeah. them. They might have their their own stuffs and things. Uh, but if it's like my family or or like friends I'm very close to, I admittedly there's not <laughs> there's not a lot of it's like you you we're close enough we're sharing most of the germs anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, what's another good one? Oh, have you heard of the uh, shaving? Shaving thickens hair. Oh yeah, um, that's really popular among adolescent boys because you know the big thing for us is you know, to be able to grow facial hair. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you get the first little bit of facial hair, you start shaving it because it thickens it, and it means you'll get more hair. And like there was a guy I went to school with who, you know supposedly he screwed up and was shaved too much of his face. And now he had to shave all the way up to his eyeballs because, you know, his, his facial hair had been thickened, et cetera, et cetera, by shaving over the years. I know one that I heard was it was, it wasn't as much the shaving itself, but the direction you shaved. (laughs) Because if you shave with the grain, supposedly it will thicken less than if you shave against the grain. But if you shave against the grain, you have a smoother face, which is generally preferred. And sometimes, because we'll get to one of to the drinking eight glasses of water a day at some point, because I have a I'm a big fan of that one, as far as it being debunked. But there's a lot of these that sometimes you have to wonder how much there's a little bit of corporateness in there, you know? Because like, yeah. and 
I'm trying not to be a conspiracy theorist, but with companies, it's so much easier than the government, at least for me. It's like they all they have to do is just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. That's that's how it goes. And people will believe it. Well, yeah, and it, it, there's certainly a big incentive for companies to do things like that because it gets more people using their product. And, I mean, we do have recordings of drug representatives, you know, bragging about how they conned some doctor into giving a patient medication, which the rep knew wouldn't help the patient but would help the company's bottom line. Uh, stuff like that just – because, I mean, that that's just slight tangent of – that's just something that drives me nuts is when people are like, oh, the, you know, the, I trust the corporations more than the government. I'm like, the government can't keep it secret for the life of it. It really can't. Every, At least not well. Every time I see a corporation backing something strange or even not something strange, just almost anything, my first question is, I wonder how they're making money off of this because <laughs> they are somehow. Oh, yeah. And for the, yeah. For those of you just tuning in, that is Sam, our awesome producer. And Sam, if you just want to come in on this, go for it. I have a lot of thoughts about corporations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our Patreon-only content might get interesting. <laughs> and if you'd like to become a patron. <laughs> um, no, because actually yeah, this goes straight into that drinking eight glasses of water a day. Because um, have you seen the Tucker Ruins Everything about that? Mm-mm. Oh, or not Tucker. Um Adam ruins everything. Wow. <laughs> I need more coffee. <laughs> Sorry, Tucker. Sorry. No, it's uh, Adam ruins everything, which is a great, great show and people should watch it. Um, no, we are not paid by them, but I would take their money. Um, <laughs> but he did an entire thing about the whole idea of drinking eight glasses of water a day. And where did the study for that come from? The company that provides water, like like not tap water, just bottled water <laughs> yeah well, and that that actually ties into the one of the other things on the, uh, the list of um you know the five second rule yes. because there was a study produced that said oh yeah five seconds is fine and then it turned out that the study was funded by i think a cleaning products company or something you know it was some corporation and you know as soon as people started investigating the study and the researcher, everything fell apart. You know, there was no data. There was no, you know, no control, no anything to, to verify it. It was just something they had spun, you know, to at the behest of the company. To- yeah. And had, wasn't there a study done where they left it for like 10 seconds or they left it for like varying amount of times and the, the amount of bacteria found was pretty negligible probably i feel please fact check us on this we are not experts (laughs) if maddie were here she'd probably have some some great stuff for that but she's at work i i i work for a company that uh preps food for uh restaurants and if we we just prep the meat, we don't prep like the whole meals or anything like that. But oh, we yeah. prep the meat, and anything that hits the floor before it's been cooked, we wash off and go ahead and use it. And that's with USDA inspectors right there. Well, I mean, like if you think about it, though, I mean, typically you're cooking the meat to a, you know a specific temperature and things like that. Right, so, right. So I mean, it's not like. 
Like at a certain point, I'm like, well, if you cook it to the degrees that it says, you're killing off the bacteria anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, the, the place I work at, you know, we're continually cleaning everything. The floors are continually hosed down. Um, they are, you know, several, t- a couple of times a day, they're washed with chemicals and sterilized. So it's probably cleaner than your typical household floor. Oh, it's definitely cleaner than my floor. (laughs) Uh, But we do have another quick break. Please stay with us and we'll return to Atheist Talk with Tucker Drake talking about the, our fictions that we hold on to. I'm Hertzy Hertz. You're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTNF. I'm your host, Hertzy Hertz, and we're having what I would classify as an awesome conversation with Tucker Drake of the Atheist in the Trailer Park podcast. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation with Tucker and I this morning, you can call us at 952-946-6205, email us at radio at mnatheist.org, or tweet us at atheisttalk, or check out our Facebook page. Before we continue this conversation, there's a bit of housekeeping I need to attend to. I want to note our group of dedicated volunteers and the generous donations of you, our listeners. You help keep Atheist Talk on the air and in podcast form. And I want to note our donors of the week, which is Cynthia. Thank you, Cynthia. If you're able to help with a donation, please consider doing so by going to our Radio Fund page or our Patreon, where you can get extended interviews at www.patreon.com slash atheisttalk. Minnesota Atheist is a 501c3 tax-deductible organization. We couldn't do the show without you, and we deeply appreciate your support. Music for MN Athe- or from Atheist Talk is by composer and member Brent Michael Davis, and is used with permission. Please note, all opinions are of the guest and host only, and do not necessarily reflect Minnesota Atheists as an organization. And now let's get back to our conversation with Tucker. Tucker, how are you doing? All right, I got a cat in my arms. Oh, is it a fluffy kitty? He's a short hair. Oh, they're so cute. I love all cats. <laughs> <laughs> one day I will get a Norwegian forest cat. That's kind of one of my dream cats. Oh, yeah, those are gorgeous. Oh, yeah. You know, when I was a kid and I was interested in Norse mythology and I heard that Freya's chariot was, you know, was pulled by cats, I was like, I don't get it. I mean, you know, I was looking at the cat in the house and I was like, this cat can't pull anything. And then I saw a Norwegian, Norwegian forecast, forest cat and I'm like, oh, that. <laughs> okay, yeah, you get about six of those, you can probably pull a human. <laughs> you yeah. All right, but so we're talking about fictions that we hold on to. My sister actually had one that I thought was absolutely hilarious. And this is because I am five foot seven. Uh, my father is about six feet tall. My brother's also about five foot seven, and she is five foot one. <laughs> now, to make things fair, my mother's also about five feet, so <laughs> there are genetics involved. <laughs> but hers is that coffee stunts your growth. <laughs> And admittedly, out of the three of us, she is the one who drank coffee the earliest and the most. <laughs> it's been a long time since I heard that. I know. Some of them, I mean, like, but there's, I can't think of anything reason why caffeine would do 
Because, I mean, that's really all that's in there that would that people talk about is caffeine. What else in coffee would stunt your growth? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, there. Um, if you've read any of the early history of the European explorations of America, there were all these different tales about, you know, what things would do to you, you know, of course, this was all before, you know, there was anything that could realistically be called medical science. And, you know, they had all these crazy tales about what, like what tobacco would do to you. And then, you know, years, centuries later, you know, we find out that actually there is some truth to, to what they were saying, but the way they originally said it was presented in such a manner that it seemed outlandish and crazy. And and it was filled with stuff that we know clearly tobacco doesn't do, like, you know, it would turn you into a wild, hairy person or things like that. But, you know, as far as the health effects, they got a lot of them right. But that was probably just pure random chance. And Oh, go ahead. Well, and I was just going to say, you know, at that period of time, they were probably anything that was weird and different was feared. Because uh, what it took until the 19th century before Europeans realized, hey, you can actually eat tomatoes. Oh my god! You know, third days though, because I'm not the biggest tomato fan. Where they they could have gone a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I mean, that's true. I mean, the the idea of something new and it was like, well, what is this? Well, you try it. I don't want to try it. You try it. <laughs> Here, we'll get Bob to try it. Sam, do you want to try it? <laughs> I'm going to take your silence as a no. <laughs> but speaking of that, one of the things that also that we have on here that also makes me, well, I fully admit twitch, is the I don't eat chemicals. Oh. Yeah. Paired with the I only eat natural food. <laughs> uh. There was some podcast, and I don't remember which one it was, but it was like one of the big ones from like the BBC or NPR where they interviewed a um, paleoanthropologist, right? This is a guy who, you know, he studies the remains of ancient societies as well as modern primitive societies or less technologically developed societies, I guess you should say. Uh, And they asked him about, you know, the whole paleo diet movement and his teardown of the paleo diet movement was just epic because he points out all the plants you're eating today have no resemblance to anything our ancestors would have eaten, regardless of whether or not they have been, you know, modified through things like CRISPR or just selective breeding. And we don't eat the kinds of things that they ate because, you know, sure, we'll eat beef, pork, chicken, things like that. But, you know, they'd happily chow down on a lizard if they found one because that was food. I've actually seen two things that that at least I am in full support of, one one which is um, the idea of using iguana instead of chicken because iguanas actually need less space. They taste like chicken, so it's like the carbon footprint could be reduced. And the other one is eating bugs, which I have done. Well, I don't think I could eat the bugs. The bu- you would, you know, you'd be surprised because there's a 
I think it's grasshopper flower. So it's yeah, just, there's yeah. So we but think about it. It's mostly protein. So you take the flour, you make it into like a cake, and your cake is already technically healthier than a normal cake. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know in places like Thailand, they uh, eat buttered crickets like we would eat buttered popcorn. I was going to say that actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> but then I was so crazy enough to try bugs, so. Yeah. 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 Um, if if you just dry roast them and you don't put anything on them, they don't really taste like much. But if you put some flavor, I mean, it tastes like that flavor, kind of like popcorn. Yeah. Well, you know, and I'll happily eat uh, lobster and shrimp, and those are just aquatic insects, basically. Yep. Oh, lobster and shrimp, noms. So, are you anywhere near like a an ocean at all? Uh, I am. Nowhere near an ocean. I am in Tennessee, so. Oh, that's right. Okay, so at least we can have that that in common because, I mean, Minnesota is as land technically as landlocked as you can get. <laughs> so getting fresh seafood is like almost impossible. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, unless you like walleye, like we have walleye, we have rockies, we have that kind of stuff that you can go fishing for. We do only have what ten thousand lakes. <laughs> Actually, that's, I, think, I think that's a myth also. That is. That is. I was going to say that because that's actually a myth. We do not have 10,000 lakes. You have more or less. We have a lot more. We have like another 5K <laughs> at least. <laughs> Those glaciers don't mess around. <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, when I was a kid and I was reading a Paul Bunyan story because, you know, Paul Bunyan was, you know, one of the things that we talk about, like, you know, we BS around here. One of the, the things was that. Um, he and Babe got lost in Minnesota, and their tracks, all of their tracks, are basically the lakes. <laughs> and there's yeah. a few lakes that actually kind of have that shoehorn or that, like, of course, I was a kid, so I was confusing a horseshoe versus a bull. But I was looking at it, I was like, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> but I grew up and I learned about glaciers, and it was so much better. <laughs> But the funny thing is, is I grew up in Ohio, which, you know, got squashed by glaciers as well. And Ohio has no natural lakes. Oh, that's because it's not as awesome as Minnesota. <laughs> it, it knew, that glacier knew where to put the lakes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I have no clue because I know Minnesota was underwater at one point. I wonder if that had anything to do with it, too. It could be. Hmm. Um, we may never know. But yeah, back to the, the chemicals and I only eat natural food. Yeah, it, there's also something like some people will say, well, organic food is better for you or you'll have uh, or has less calories. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen claims that organic food has uh, higher nutritional value. How many times has that been debunked? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, and there was a study just released that says that organic foods require more land than non-organic foods. Which which makes sense. I mean, I, I am not a farmer. My parents were not farmers. My grandfather, on the other hand, was a dairy farmer. And, you know, like 
the the little information that I've gleamed off of that is that you know because with the with the non organic food and non organic um, animals, once like for example, an animal once a cow has an antibiotic or gets sick and they take them to the doctor, that cow is now useless for organic really? food mm-hmm. because it's no longer you know. Or, and to be organic, you have to do things for like a certain amount of time before it's considered organic. Like the rules are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's seven years. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's also interesting is um, there's radiation farming. And you can have be do radiation farming and still technically be organic. So I always look and I go, okay, so you're doing this thing that is very definitely not organic <laughs> and we're still organic here. This makes no sense. Yeah, um, because at, after World War II, the U.S. government started the Adams for Peace program, which was a desperate attempt to show that there was a benefit to nuclear technology other than weapons. And they did um, what's called atomic gardening. And they what they would do was they would have uh, all these plants exposed to radioactive materials and ho- hoping to induce mutations. This was, uh, you know, before we had any kind of genetic engineering technology. And I, not much came out of it that was actually useful. The only uh, plant that came out of it that was useful that I can think of, although I'm, I believe there have been others, are the ruby red grapefruit. Yup. Delicious grapefruit. <laughs> uh, at least we got grapefruit, though. I mean, that's something. <laughs> All right. Well, we do need to go for one last commercial break. We'll return with our guest, Tucker Drake of the Atheist in the po- Trailer Park podcast. Please stay with us. I'm Hertzy Hertz, and you're listening to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned into Atheist Talk, and I'm your host, Hertzy Hertz. Today, we're talking with Tucker Drake of the Atheist in the podcast the Atheist in the Trailer Park podcast. And and uh, this is our final segment with Tucker. Sorry, I need to update these notes. <laughs> um, if you're curious about Minnesota Atheists, you can check out the Minnesota Atheist websites. We have previous episodes, articles, and book reviews, and peruse the calendar of upcoming events. You can also sign up for the Atheist Weekly email, which can give you links to those upcoming events. We have a ton of activities going around the Twin Cities and outlying suburbs. For example, we have Godless Gamers on Thursday nights. We're looking at doing a white elephant gift exchange on January 12th, though that one looks like it it's filling up fast. So if you're interested, click quick. And of course, next week, we'll have our monthly Atheist Talk community brunch at Cucumbers, which I am hopefully going to go to. I won't make any promises on the air. All right. Um, let's see and if you are interested, if you enjoyed the show and all that Minnesota Atheist has to offer, consider becoming a member of Minnesota Atheist while you're on the website. Membership has some great perks. Check out the hows and the whys on the website. And now back to our conversation with Tucker Drake from the Atheist and the P- Trailer Park podcast. 
Somebody needs coffee. I know. I and you know what's funny is like a week or so ago, Robert Stanley was on and he was saying, you know, wow, you do you do so well for doing it live and not taking any takes. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> I keep wanting to say the atheist in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Ah, <laughs> uh, so Tucker, we were talking about fictions that we love that we hold on to. So, what's another favorite of yours? Um, well, the uh, swimming after eating one. Yes. Because I've gone to the pool and then I've eaten at the pool and then gone swimming. I mean, that's right. How- and that's when I've heard ever since I was a little kid. Oh, you know, you got to wait 30 minutes before you go swimming after eating. Yes. You know, and do you mind getting into some that are not necessarily more sciencey, just more like just a little weird? Sure. Sure. All right. Uh, how about, have you, you've heard of Schrodinger's cat, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. Yes, and how Schrodinger's cat, so for those who don't know, Schrodinger's cat is a a quantum physics idea. It's not even really an experiment, but it's about you putting a cat in a box with some poison and some radioactive material, and you close the box. And at a certain point with quantum physics, the cat is both dead and alive until you open the box. And of course, there's all sorts of like meme stuff about, or meme stuff about the cat and such. But it's really not about a cat. <laughs> it's about the, the the fluctuating reality of what's in the box. What's in the box? Gwyneth Paltrow's head. <laughs> Do they ever actually – see, I haven't seen that movie. Do they actually show that? Um, I think so. It's been so long since I've seen it. Oh, my gosh. I think so, too, but then thinking about it made me second-guess myself, and now I'm not 100% sure anymore. Oh, my gosh. It's Schrodinger's box all over again. (laughs) Schrodinger's movie. They both show and don't show what's in the box. Like Pulp Fiction. They never show you what's in that briefcase. That's why he asks so many times. What's in the box? (laughs) Uh, Oh, here's one so that we can at least get our atheist cred on the show for a moment uh jesus was a white european man (laughs) yeah um and supposedly that has to do with uh one of the borgias insisting that they paint jesus as him and uh you know because of their power and influence in italy at the time all the images of christ soon became modeled after this guy was it him because I heard it was his father, uh, Pope Ale- Alexander, I think. Um, it it could be. This is one of those things that I've never really bothered to research, but I've seen enough claims to it so that I give it some credibility. Yeah, because yeah, because it's like I know one of the most fa- one of the more famous supposed paintings of Jesus was is supposed to be based off of, I think it's Caesar Borgia. Uh, yeah, that yeah, sounds right. That family is fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though, though, I do have to say, like with many, with many um, his historical things, you have to take a lot of that with a grain of salt. Yeah, because I mean, have you, you've heard of the the bloody countess, uh, Lucretia? 
I think that was her. No, Elizabeth Bathory. Oh, oh, the one who supposedly bathed in the blood of virgins. Exactly. If you if you look into her story, there's a lot of politics that go into it too. Yeah. And it's one of those. It always makes me wonder how much of this was actually true and how much of this was was kind of made up. Yeah. But it, it, there's something to remember with all that is there was a um, a guy, uh, his name was Witold Palicki. He was a member of the Polish resistance movement, and he volunteered to be a prisoner in Auschwitz. And he was able to smuggle out reports to the the Polish government in exile in the UK. And he described to them exactly what all was going on inside Auschwitz and how horrible it was. And nobody in the government uh, in exile or the, uh, the, the allies governments uh, believed him because those accounts were just too horrific. And it was only after they started liberating the camps that they realized, oh, he was telling us the truth the whole time. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that is definitely true because I, I am a true, true crime fan. There is nothing, nothing more terrifying than, than reality. Like the NCIS and the CSI episodes and stuff, almost nothing they do compares to what people have actually done, especially when you're reading it and you're like, no, somebody actually did this. This is, this is a, a true thing. Yeah. So we have about a minute and a half left, and so for our Patreons, if you and if you're lucky enough to be a Patreon, uh, Tucker and I are actually going to go into some myths involving the human body and reproduction. So I don't want to say too much on the air because I don't want the FCC to come down on us. <laughs> but if you are a patron, if you're a Patreon, you're going to get lucky with those, and we'll probably go off topic and talk about Tucker's cat because you know it's a cat. And, you know, I have to talk about cats at least once. <laughs> and we'll probably and, talk about Gamcast. <sighs> and he has a name that's probably not safe for radio. <gasps> oh, so if you're a Patreon, you're going to get a patron. You're going to get super lucky and you are going to hear his cat's name. Dun, dun, dun. Um, but we've got one more myth I want to hit real quick. Everything but water makes you dehydrated. <laughs> I've so many times I've heard even doctors say this. Oh, you know, but that's just gonna, juice is just going to make you dehydrate. I'm like, but isn't juice mostly made out of water? Yeah, um, and caffeine will do it, but the amounts are lethal that you have to consume. Well, apparently, we need to drink more coffee. <laughs> All right, that's it. Uh, thank you for tuning into Atheist Talk. We'd love for you to join us next Sunday, which should be another exciting episode. Have a great weekend. Bye.